All right, what's going on, everybody? John Forcer here with Breakdown at the Barn, like always, with my main man, Eric Winock. How's it going, Eric? Going good. Nice, nice. So big news come out after this uh, big deal we signed with Spotify. Uh, we had to come up with a new name. We went with Breakdown at the Barn. I think people are going to like it. What, what are your thoughts on that name, Eric? Maybe give a little bit of background to that. Well, for you young uh, fans of ours, all three of you, you might get used to the fact that Rutgers wrestles at the rack and you feel like that's always the way it's been. But if you go back into Forster in my day, we used to wrestle in the College Ave gym and practice in what was known as the dungeon, which was led by the Silver Fox. Um, and the rack, as you guys know, is basically, uh, you know, the new name, but the barn, that's where we wrestled. That was the College Ave gym. All 30 fans that we have showed up and... We figure we go with that. So hence the barn. Yeah. And, you know, most people think um, we just were born being the two biggest uh, brains in wrestling. But a lot of knowledge was down there at the barn from the meat grinder, uh, Mike Lita, uh, Steve Cassidy, Darren Shulman and the Silver Fox, John Saatchi. We spent a lot, a lot of blood, sweat and tears down there. So I think it's an appropriate name. We got that barn rocking a few times. I remember taking out uh, Ryder my senior year when Ryder was always a top, uh, you know, top ranked power. We took them out. That was a good time. So we did have our moments there. Um, nothing compared to the rack. Love that they're at the rack now. But, you know, let's, uh, let's get into it. Yeah, and so I think big, first we're going to go over some questions, guy. right? Yeah, I'm not a big rider guy, but I got to give props to the big win over Lehigh. Um, you know, nice job, Jersey. Yeah, they did, they did good. Big win by uh, Ethan Liard over um, top uh, All-American Jordan Wood. Took him out uh, up to heavyweight. Uh, we'll probably get into that a little bit later when we go through the, the breakdown of the weights. But, you know, I always, whatever, we had a rivalry. I, I root for Ryder. See them do good. Princeton do good. I Jersey wrestling doing good is good for me in my life. So why don't you walk through what the other options were for the name of the, uh, of the podcast? Ah, uh, yeah, that's right. We had some good ones. Good ones. Um, you know, some, uh, some submissions came in. I think, uh, one was the Fanuck show Forster and when, not combined, that was brought to you by Chris Tanzola and Jason Klein. I, I like that name. Honestly, I thought it was a good combo. My issue was, you know, people are going to be listening to this in the car with the kids. They might hear that word, think it's a different word, leave out the end. Um, I wanted to make make sure this was a wholesome podcast for the kids. All right. Mm -hmm. So Rodney Van Ness, I thought, had a good name. Um, had a little rhyming action going. So why don't you go through that one? Yeah, what was that one? That one was uh, Let's Get It On with Eric and John. That's a good one. The John we'd have to go with. That was a good one, but I think... Um, John McCarthy might have a little issues with copyrights there. You know, that was his, that was his motto. Let's get it on. Not a good name, but I do think that we made the right decision to break down in the barn. So that's what it is. Mm -hmm. So be sure to follow Spotify, um, Apple podcast, YouTube, get on there. So we got some questions in, Eric. Why don't you, you read them off? Uh, we'll, we'll go through them. Some questions from our fans. Yeah, well, we got a good one from Coach Pollard. And the question was, and I'm sure we'll get the picture on the screen, was Donnie over the line in the last home match? Yeah, so uh, I think Pat, Pat Pollard sent that one in. Um, and I looked at the tape. He was over the line. 
Um, I don't know, maybe Goodale needs to watch out there. I think that could be a team point. You're allowed to be um, closer during the duels. You know, the duels, uh, during the tournaments, you get the corner duels. You have the half side. I looked at the tape. I drilled in. He was over the line. But let me tell you something. Um, Goodale didn't go after Donnie. I uh, brought him over here to New Jersey for his complimenta demeanor you know he needed some intensity he needed somebody out there to light a fire and that's what Donnie does Donnie's going to be out there he's going to be in your face if he gives them get a team point I'm good with that I think he's a brawler they need that fire they need the people to get excited um and that's what Donnie brings to the table yes the correction was Pat Pollard you're correct so the second one is um and this is actually a good one um how much does not having fans hurt this team especially with all the Big Ten opponents which wrestlers do you think it affects the most? Why don't you feel so, that? Yeah, so you look at, you know, the two matches we had at the rack, um, you know, Minnesota and, and Purdue, they were very close matches, a lot of close matches in there. Um, you know, really, we just needed one thing to go either way. So I think it does hurt us. Um, we definitely get that momentum going at the rack. Uh, Burke Cloud goes crazy gets on the refs. You saw that call against Mike Van Brill. We're not going to harp on it. We talked about it last time, but I think those refs are thinking a little bit more harder before making that call um, coming out. If they have, you know, 6,000 fans that are going to boo them out the stadium, I think they're going to think a little harder. So I think someone like Mike Van Brill in those close matches, maybe a Billy Ganter, you know, they, they, they need, they're, they're in those close matches a lot, you know, the littlest things could push them over the edge. So I definitely think there are two people that, that are thinking. Yeah, well, I think, yeah, I think the obvious one is Seabass, okay? Um, and as you see in the intro, you remember Seabass last year at the Big Tens just calling out Jersey. You know, one of the big reasons he came over to Rutgers was simply having the opportunity to wrestle in front of, as he said, five, 6,000 fans in Jersey, okay? He's a Jersey mm -hmm. guy. Um, this is what he wanted. This being a throwaway year, we get to see Seabass for two years as opposed to one. So I know he's itching to see the fans back at the rack to see us down there, the crazy guys on the sidelines. But um, I'd say he's the big one that's probably the most affected by this because he's want, he wanted that. So he'll get it next year, hopefully. Um, but mm -hmm. I'd say he's the biggest uh, – he, he's probably affected most. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he's an entertainer. I mean, you know, so far this year, he didn't really need it. Um, he's getting the job done. I think in uh, a close match, you look at the guys, we'll get into this at 141. There's some killers there, Nick Lee. Um, uh, uh, Nick, Nick Lee, Chad Red, there's some really top guys there that I think he really uh, feeds off the crowd. You know, I think that brings him to the next level. So I definitely, definitely feel that, uh, feel that going, going to see that. And I can't wait to be at the rack, you know, going crazy for him next year. So why don't we do this, John? Why don't we jump and jump into the rankings and go through NCAA weights? So obviously we usually do the breakdown of the Rutgers matches, but with this being the crazier it is, as it is, I'm sure I've heard by now, due to some COVID outbreaks, obviously Rutgers isn't wrestling this weekend. Um, they didn't wrestle last weekend. Other programs like Iowa's been hit hard. So, so for that, we figure, you know what, let's just take a shot in the dark, go through some of the rankings, see where we're at kind of going into, in, into February. And John, before we go through them, I think this is a really hard year to do it simply because for me, you know, you go into February, you've already seen Midlands, you've seen the Southern Scuffle, you've had some of the Big Ten duels already take place, okay? You've seen some of the early wrestling in November where guys are getting a little bit of the cobwebs out. So twofold, one, I just, I'll be frank, I'm going to be kind of winging it here because 
there's a lot of guys I haven't seen Russell in almost 18 months. Mm -hmm. Okay. Some guys yep. coming off redshirt. I didn't see really much last year. Some of the younger freshmen <clears throat> who I've been excited about. Um, I mentioned the kid at Purdue who I think is a, who's got a hell of a future, but I just haven't seen a lot of these guys wrestle. So I'm coming in from that standpoint. Number two, there's guys who just haven't gotten a lot of matches and you really don't know where they're at and are they going to be peaking at the right time? So I think of a Sammy Alvarez. Okay. The bull I've seen his last two matches, obviously he's performed, you know, he got the victories. He, for the most part, handed those matches well, but he didn't really look, you know, he didn't see like he was real fresh yet and that he was really had that drive yet. So from my standpoint, these guys aren't quite up to game shape yet. yet so it's going to be really hard to handicap these matches, but with that in mind, let's let's go through it. Let's start at 125. Yeah, I agree with you. There's going to be a lot of funky stuff going on this year, but, you know, that's that's why they pay us the big bucks on these Apple Apple Podcasts and YouTube. That's why they're bringing us the money to figure this out, Eric. Let's, um, so let's check this out. I'm going to go through, and I'll just give you, get you the top eight in the weight class, and we'll go from there. So let's start with 125. Uh, number eight, Pat McKee. We saw him. Uh, we saw him the other weekend, uh, Leon Cronin, number seven from Nebraska, uh, Brody Teske at UNI, transferred over from Penn State last year. He's number number six. Uh, number five is Drew uh, Hildebrandt from Central Michigan. Four, uh, Brandon Courtney, Arizona State. Big flop in the rankings. Uh, Jacob Camacho was number two, got upset last week. Um, he falls to number three by Sam uh, Latona from Virginia Tech. Wild match. Actually got the takedown at the end. And oh, picture came down. Not worried about that. So he got the takedown at the end. And he got two swipes. And it came down to criteria at the, the team score on points. And, it, you know, basically Virginia Tech won by those back points that they got. So, um, you know, good. Uh, he jumped up. He's a freshman. He's at number two. And number one is Spencer Lee. Um, this way for me, honestly, I think it's a race to number two. I think it's Spencer next topic. Um, what, are, what are your thoughts? Yeah, in fact, I'll even jump ahead to heavyweight. There's two, we've talked about this. There's two weight classes where we already know who's going to win it unless something freakish happens and lightning actually happens to go through the roof. And that Spencer Lee obviously is going to, is going to walk away with this uh, hands down. The only thing you say is, is he actually going to walk away with the Hodge trophy? Um, is he going to, is he going to tech his way to the top or is he going to, or is he going to fit a few pins in there? Um, so the only names I'm going to mention, and then we'll move on to 33 is, I want to throw out Drew, Drew Hildebrand, and I mentioned because A, he's a senior. I'd really like to see this kid All-American. I, I don't want him to become the, the Reggie Miller of wrestling because obviously he's got a sister who's probably more well-known in the wrestling circles than he is, and that's not a knock on him, and that's Sarah, who's obviously a world team member. So, um, you know, I'd like to see Drew make a run here, get All-American status, really good wrestling family there. And Latona, the kid from Virginia Tech, I, he got the big win because he was the one I was going to mention at the Dark Horse. You always get a freshman that comes out of nowhere, and he's not necessarily someone coming out of nowhere. He's a big-time recruit, but I think you're going to see this kid make some noise in the weight class. But again, this is a case where it's this is a Spencer Lee show. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, let's move on. Let's move on. 133, we'll go this top eight. Coming in at number eight, former RU guy, uh, Brandon Patesel from Lehigh, um, started out at RU then transferred seven. You got Corbin Myers, uh, Virginia Tech. Six, our man, Sammy the Bull Alvarez uh, from Rutgers. Number five, Mickey Philippi from Pitt. 
Sammy had a big win over him last year. Four is the maniac, Austin DeSanto from Iowa. Uh, going up to number three, he got RBY, Roman Bravo Young from Penn State. Two is Stefan Michich um, from Michigan. And number one is Dayton Fix from Oklahoma State. Uh, this Thoughts so on that way. I think we got to start at the bottom with, with uh, my man, the Roadrunner um, at Lehigh. Obviously, XRU guy, you know, big time guy from Jersey coming from Phillipsburg. He, he actually wrestled 141. So I'm curious to see if he's going to stay there. So if he bumps up to 141, he kind of comes out of the rankings. I think I was going to say from the beginning, he's a dark horse going into his fifth year. I was really looking forward to see him get in. He got the All-American last year through the vote, not necessarily through wrestling. Um, but if he goes to 141, that'll be a little bit tougher of a jump for him. So what I like to say in this weight class is you've got four or five guys taking the bull out of it who really can make a move here. Dayton Fix, you think, is the favorite. He hasn't wrestled because obviously we're not going to get into the whole situation with the suspension there. I don't think it's the time or place for that. That'd be for another show. Um, I don't, if you ask me, I'm going with Roman Bravo Young here, RBY. I love RBY. This kid makes funk look fun, okay? He makes it almost look artistic. He has taken funk and put style to it, okay? Him and Sammy have had some of the best matches I've seen, okay? Um, had a really good barn burner at, 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 at the Big Ten last year, but he's made a huge jump since last year. You know, I've seen him wrestle a couple of times since last year, and I think this kid's got the offense to win it. Dayton Fix to me is just, he's your traditional good defensive wrestler, has a good shot. You know, between you and I, though, I love offense. And I think RBI, RBY has made some huge jumps. I'm taking him to take Dayton Fix out. That's my, 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 uh, my guess here. But we're going to find out in the Big Tens, okay? Is Bravo Young and Meech going to get the opportunity to wrestle in the finals? Is one of them going to bow out? And on another show, I'd like us to talk about, you know, wrestlers who actually sit out matches if they're not hurt. Okay, for to protect seating. So Michik, I think, is was he turning 30 this year? I think it's his eighth year on the team. So he's also one you'd like to see probably as a favorite on the top here. So I think it's between those three guys. Um, obviously, we will see Sammy get the All-American status here. I think he breaks through. He's already beat Filippi. I think he can take DeSanto myself. Um, but again, DeSanto's always tough. Obviously, Corbin Myers is going to be a tough out here, but I think the top eight is pretty much set in stone. There's not a lot of guys, I think, below that who are really going to come out and make a big move here. Um, you know, you got Ryan Sullivan, who's a true freshman who's made some really good moves moving up. And the only other name I'm going to mention because I love the name, and that's Jaron Van Vliet, okay? Van Vliet from Air Force. I mean, you can't come up with a better name than that. He lost to Sullivan, um, you know, early in the year, but I, I like that kid as well. But, you know, that that's my take. I'm going to go with RBY. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it's a three-man race for who could uh, run the gauntlet here. I do think Sammy could pull out a win over any of those three um, on a given day. I think you'll have trouble running the gauntlet and and beating you know running the gauntlet and and uh winning that to to win the title i like sammy's chances to take uh top four here i think he could uh get into that tier uh i'm going stefan michich i think he's been uh training for the olympics um he's he looked sharp at the world's last year um you know he he, he took a fifth place finish actually qualified for the olympic games um, I'm going Stefan Micic here. I think he has his uh, takedowns. We saw him take out um, Nick Soriano at the rack. Um, 
So I'm 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 going with that as my pick. I think this is an exciting weight class. All right. So 41. All right, moving on. 141. All right, I'll read these ones off to you. Uh, first off, we got number eight, Real Woods from Stanford. Number seven, electrifying Dom Demas, Oklahoma. Uh, six, uh, Chad Red, Nebraska. What a name, Red, Nebraska. Uh, fifth is Ian Parker from Iowa State. Four, Alan Hart from Missouri. Three, you got Nick Lee, uh, Penn State. Uh, two, Jaden Ironman, Iowa, Iowa. And the number one uh, wrestler in the land is Sebastian Rivera. Uh, what are your thoughts on this weight? Okay, I've, you got to go with Seabass only because we're obviously um, we're partial to him. Obviously, we want to see him go and get that title. Um, this would have been a senior year, but obviously with the free year, he's going to get an opportunity to wrestle next year. So, you know, this guy was poised to win this weight class. We don't see Yanni this year, okay, and I'm assuming he would have wrestled 41 and not 49. So not having Yanni here really takes a little bit of the juice out of it, but it is what it is. The only problem is Ironman, and Jaden Ironman, this, this dude can bring it, man. And obviously, we saw what Ironman did to Yanni a couple of years ago. We know this kid's got an electric shot. He took out the Cuban from Ohio State earlier. This kid's got offense. This kid can turn you on top. Okay, um, that's the one guy that gives me a little bit of pause with Seabass. I think Nick Lee's a solid wrestler. He's obviously going to finish, I, I think, in the top five easily. Um, you know, but I don't see Lee taking out Seabass or Ironman. I'm going to go with Seabass because I have to because I'm partial. But if I were to take my brain into account, I really like Ironman here. I think he could easily run the gauntlet. Um, in terms of any any dark horses, listen, I don't know what the deal with Real Woods is. I don't think he's wrestled. Obviously, he was going to transfer out. He pulled his name from the transfer list. So I'm curious in terms of where he's going this year. He's the kind of talent that can make a run if he wrestles. But again, I, I just haven't seen him. I don't know what his situation is at Stanford. Tariq Wilson and Zach Sherman kind of on the back end of that top 10. Both those guys are solid wrestlers. Those are guys that I think can very easily move and knock off a Parker or Hart and move into the All-American round. And Chad Red always brings it. He's a tough wrestler. But again, I think this is a case between Ironman and Seabass. I think either one can take it. Um, anyway, your thoughts? Now, I'm, I'm right with you. I mean, Ironman does give me pause. I think he's an unbelievable athlete. Um, only guy to, to have a college win over Yanni Dock. Hollis. So I do, I, I do think that he's a top contender. You know, I, I, I would say Ironman, but I go back to Seabass. Um, Seabass beat, um, he beat, he, he beat Lee, you know, he beat, um, you know, he beat Seth Gross last year. So I, I feel like Seabass has that momentum, comes up in the big spots, um, you know, when, wins over those guys, I think is what's going to propel him to, to get to that top of the podium. So I'm, I'm going with uh, with Seabass this week. All right. Um, only other guy I would bring up, I mean, two other guys. I think Tariq Wilson, number nine, let's not forget about him. He was the dreamer a couple of years ago uh, when he finished third. Um, yep. Third in the nation, came out of nowhere. Um, also another guy going all the way down to number 24, Zach Tramp Pay from Binghamton. You know, this guy's a Pennsylvania State champ, had a good year last year, didn't, you know, was coming on strong at the end. I think he could make a move up there, maybe get into that top eight um, from a Pennsylvania State champ. Also, second cousin to Rutgers, Todd Trampe, who had his best tournament at Binghamton University, beat two ranked guys. So I think there's a little bit of, uh, 
uh, a mojo there that Zach Trampe went to Binghamton. Um, I think he could, he might be able to pull this out and and get on top of the podium. Yeah, and I would I'd mention to you, yeah, like Tariq Wilson too has a big win off off Zach Sherman already this year, so this kid can bring it. He's already got a, a rank win, um, and again, a guy that you know is probably going to make that push in the top eight. But can he make a, a deeper run um, once the mm-hmm. tournament hits? So. All right, why don't we jump to 149, and I think there's a good list there. Yeah, 49, you know, you go all the way down. There's a lot of good wrestlers there. Um, You know, we'll go number eight, Keenan Store, Michigan. Uh, We saw he had a close win over uh, MVB. Number seven, Jared Egan, uh, Iowa State. Number six, Mikey Carr, Illinois. Five, Max Murin, Iowa. Four, Boo Llewellyn, Okie State. Three, Brock Mueller. Um, Missouri to Austin O'Connor, North Carolina, and number one, Sammy Sasso. Um, Also bringing up number nine, Griffin Perriott. We know that close match, controversial. Mike Van Brill almost had a win over him. Um, What do you think about this weight class? Well, obviously, Sasso sits on top, okay, the sophomore, but I'm a big fan of Austin O'Connor, okay? This kid can bring it. I think I, if I'm going to come right out, there's two guys that I'd like here, and that's O'Connor and Mueller from Missouri. Both these guys have already kind of kind of placed here. Sammy Sosa, he's going to win He's going to win a title before he, he, he graduates. I'm going to go out on the limb and say this is not his year, okay? I think Austin O'Connor takes it this year. Um, that's who I'm going with. And I'm trying to think, I like, I like the kid from Purdue. He's a senior. He can make a move here, but I got to throw a name out there and it's legend, legend from uh, Cali, legend Lammer. I just love that name. Um, he's got a big win over Jaden Abbas and Abbas over, uh, you know, over at Stanford. He's another kid I like who I think he's, he's in the top 20. He was uh, as a freshman last year, he redshirted, had 23 wins, had a 17 win streak. T- he's taken two losses this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's hard for me to go out and say, and those two losses were to decent wrestlers, but nobody that you would think is top 10. So I think he's a guy to look out for in, in the future. But, you know, that that's my take here. I don't think Sasso is going to take it. I like Austin O'Connor. You know, I, I look at this way. Um, I'm going to go, you know, who wins it? I'm, I'm with you. I think Austin O'Connor is going to win this week. I look at this week, though, and I see so many guys lower on this list that could jump into that top eight. Uh, we know Mike Van Brill. I do think he has a great shot at this weight. A lot of guys he could be um, to, to come up. I think um, he has a great shot to to, to run uh, run the gamut here and get on that podium. I think you're going to see a lot of chaos at this weight because I think it is very very deep. Um, Yaya Thomas barely lost to Sammy Sasso last year. Um, right. You know he's ranked tenth. Um, you go down here, Jared Burklearen from Penn State. He could always. Uh, make some noise. Um, just a lot of people that could uh, get, you know, make a move and get on that podium at this weight. Another person I'm going to bring up, and this is where what we talk about is um, we didn't have the body of work this year. So this is someone not even ranked, um, from uh, Michigan State. This guy lost seven to six to Sammy Sasso. So he's not even in the top 25, lost seven to six. Um, he's a, a freshman, I believe, a redshirt freshman. Um, this guy took third in the Greco world. And we know Michigan State, I think they're, uh, they've they been climbing back up. They had some great teams in the 90s and, and early 2000s. Um, they, they went after these Greco guys, especially in New Jersey. I was on this, uh, the 96 uh, team going out to Fargo, and they grabbed 
two of our guys from that team. Uh, Nick Fichetti, he won a national title out there. And Corey Posey, um, I know from up your way, he finished second in that tournament. Uh, beat someone in the semis that was pretty tough by the name of Kale Sanderson to make the finals. Um, Tim, Tim, uh, Michael was out there. He was a coach of Michigan State. I believe he was out there. He saw that NFJ attitude, and he he brought them guys over. And um, really, they had some stellar teams in the in the 90s. So I think Michigan State is going back to that, that Greco mentality and brain. Yeah, I love the name Corey Posey going back to a Westfield wrestler. Probably one of the, if you think in terms of the top 10 New Jersey wrestlers who haven't won a state title, you got to put Corey Posey up there. Never could co quite break through to get number one, but a kid who had some pretty good international success after the fact, as you mentioned. So you'll you'll find a nice picture of, of Corey Posey giving me the evil eye at a district championship back in 94. I think I was talking to some smack with him on the side about, you know, you know, I could take you, Corey. You know, you know I could take you, but... um. No, I, I wrestled both him and his brother. Really, his brother Chris as well, going way back to where we're a wreck. So, um, yeah, Michigan State is a program that was, as you mentioned, down for a little bit. Um, I, I remember one of the times Rutgers went out and wrestled them, and it was almost like an easy win for us. And you don't think of a Michigan State as being kind of an easy win. But I would agree with you. Yeah, they're building that program back up. So you're going to see them start making some moves over the next couple of years. And the last thing you need is another program in the Big Ten getting stronger. Yeah, so, yeah. Yep. Looks like so it is. Other names, real quick. Rooks from Indiana. He's a he's a solid wrestler. Obviously, Hollow from Campbell. So there's a couple of guys, as you said, at 149 who might out of nowhere break in that top eight. Yeah. So, um, 57. 57. Yeah. Let's talk about this. This is another very tough weight, deep weight. Um, we'll go go into here. Number eight, Woluwan. Uh, number seven, uh, Kendall Coleman from Purdue. Number six, Brayton Lee from Minnesota. All three guys um, Kennard already faced. Uh, number five, we have Caleb Young uh, from Iowa. Uh, by the way, Pexitani, uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, four, Jesse Del Vecchio from Ryder. Uh, three, David Carr, Iowa State. Two, Hayden Hidley, NC State. And number one is Ryan Deacon. Yeah, you know, there's a part of me that wants to say that Cleve Young is going to make the run here. The problem is I don't know what the situation with the Iowa wrestlers are, okay? So it's really hard for me to make a pick kind of, in, you know, um, at this point in the season. I think you go with Deacon here. Um, this is one of the cases where I'm going to go with the favorite. I think Deacon obviously has got, has got the pedigree. I think he's already shown what he can do kind of at this level. Hidley, obviously, the kid from North Carolina State, you know, him and Carr are, are solid wrestlers. I love the Jersey kid from Ryder, but I'm going to go with Deacon on this one. Yeah, I'm with you. I think Deacon is, this is his year. I think he, um, you know, he has a win over James Green last year, um, who's a world silver medalist. Uh, Deacon's tough. I think, I, I think this is his weight. Very tough weight. Um, you know, Rob Kennard, I'd love to see him make a run. I think he needs to beat some really good guys, uh, a couple very good guys to get on that podium. Uh, he, he should, if he gets better, he could do it. But, he, you know, this weight is very, very deep and a um, lot, of, lot, of, lot of studs at this weight. Yeah, you mentioned Kennard, and, and you'd like to see him make a move here. Um, you know, as a redshirt freshman, this is a tough weight class to go ahead and break in the top eight. So it's going to be it's going to be difficult from him from a Rutgers perspective. What I would like for, from Robbie this year is a make the tournament, which I think he's going to do. But again, it's tough. I think we're going to have one more match versus Maryland. So you're wondering if he's going to have the body of work. He's going to have to. Um, what you want to see from him is is maybe pull a win or two off, and maybe you know 
see if you go on yourself a little bit of run in the back end of the tournament mm -hmm. here. So I'm not going to count Robbie out. He's had two great matches already this year. Um, you know, so I think he can win a few at the nationals. I think it's gonna be very tough to all American at this weight class for him. And the one name, which we didn't mention, which is Kendall Coleman. He's a kid who could come out of nowhere and go on a run because he's got that explosive double. I think he's an athletic wrestler. Obviously he's already in the top eight. So you, you kind of see him already making a run at, at, at a status, but he's the kind of kid who out of nowhere can come into this tournament rank eighth and, and make a run to the finals if things were to fall his way. So um, that's the one dark horse I'll throw out there that I think can make a run here. No, I agree. I agree. All right. So let's move on. 165, 165. We got number eight, Ethan Smith, Ohio state. Number seven, Dan Bronigal. Uh, from Illinois. Number six is Jake Wenzel, Pittsburgh. Number five, Travis uh, Whitlake, Okie State. Four, Anthony Valencia, Arizona State. Three, Shane Griffin, uh, Griffith, uh, Stanford. Uh, two, Alex the Bull Marinelli, Iowa. And number one, Makai Lewis from Virginia Tech. Yeah, my man Makai hit the scene hard a couple of years ago. We were there, John flag when out of nowhere he knocks off the one and two seeds and win the natty title okay so he's no secret anymore but let me tell you something alex the bull marinelli there's a tough wrestler and, there, and there's a guy who's yet to win a national title obviously always had good battles with vincenzo joseph over at penn state okay i'm really looking forward to this this potential final but you can't count Jane Griffith out, Shane Griffith out of Stanford, okay? This is a tough wrestler. He's the kind of wrestler at three who's right up there with the top two. I think this is a case where those three, one of those guys are going to win the title. I'm going to go with Lewis here only because I have to. I'm going to go with the Jersey guy. But, you know, you know, the, the Iowa wrestler could pull this out. I think the top three are the ones who are going to take it. There's some good wrestlers in this weight class. It's always a deep weight class, so I'll let you kind of come up with, you know, who you think the dark horses are. Obviously, Kennedy Mundy from North Carolina. He's a wrestler that obviously the pedigree in that family, obviously his his brother, who was a solid wrestler, had some good matches against JVB. His pop is obviously an Olympic champion, so you know it's in the bloodline. But Kennedy is a solid wrestler, okay? It's his last year. I like to see him break through. I'm a big fan of his style of wrestling. So he's the dark horse I'm going to put out there that a, a kid who can come up and, and make a big run. I assume he's going to come back next year and, and wrestle mm -hmm. again. But Monday is the one I'll throw out there. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on Monday. Um, he had that big upset over the number two seed uh, three years ago, I believe. Um, did not All-American. Um, but I think he's, he's a guy that could uh, really make a run here, really even – you know, if he's wrestling at his best, he could win it. Um, but he's been up and down. He beat the top guy and then then dropped some. So, really, I'm uh, I'm with you on the top three. I really think it's uh, Makai and the Bull. Uh, you know, uh, Alex Marinelli. I think it's his senior year or or his uh, you know his senior year. Um, get to come back next year, but could he uh, get get there and get that national title? I do think, um, like you said, we were there last year. Makai Lewis won his title, ran ran right to me afterwards, jumped in his parents' arms, literally a foot in front of me. Um, I made the ESPN because of that, and and I saw that uh, that that passion he had. So I'm I'm going Lewis uh, taking this weight, uh, taking this weight again. So let's jump over to 174. 74. We got number eight, Andrew McNally from Kent State. Number seven, Carter Staruki, uh, Penn State. Number six, 
big upset the other week. Uh, Indiana uh, went over Carter. So, so uh, Donnell Washington, uh, number five, Demetrius Romero, Utah Valley, four, Caleb Romero, Ohio State, three, uh, Mikey uh, Labriola, Nebraska, two, Logan Massa, Michigan, and one, Michael Kemmerer. So I'm going to take Massa over Kemmer in this one. Um, I like Logan to win it this year. I'm going to throw kind of a couple of names out here that kind of are lower in the rankings. And I'll go with, you were mentioning Michigan State. And I like Drew Hughes here, okay? I think he can make a run. I'm not, not necessarily to win this thing, but he's the kind of wrestler in the back end who could sneak into an All-American if things fall right. So I'm going to go with Drew Hughes as a dark horse out of Michigan State to kind of jump in that top eight. Very um, tough on top. Yes, absolutely. And let me tell you something. When you get into this national tournament and it's a grind, if you've got a kid who can ride top, who can ride jab, who can turn you, those are the kind of wrestlers you're going to sneak through kind of in the back end and win a couple of matches. I like the NC State as well. I'm just trying to think in terms of guys um, kind of on the back end, the kid Bullard. So those are two wrestlers I want to point out that I think can make a run here. But again, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Logan on this one from Michigan. Um, you know, that's not to say Kemmer can't win it. But this is a weight class that, to me, I wouldn't be surprised if someone comes out of nowhere. The kid from Indiana, okay, Washington, this guy's the real deal, okay? I'm really excited to see him over the next four years. You know, you mentioned him. I was going to mention him, but since you did, you know, I didn't lead with Washington. But I think Washington's going to, you know, as a freshman, is going to get the All-American status here. But, again, I'm, I'm curious to see if, if you're going to have someone come out, come out of nowhere and, and make a run here. But I'm going to go with Drew Hughes, that he's a guy – who's not ranked in that top eight, who I think can go ahead and make an All-American run. Yeah, you know, I look at this weight and I, I do see, I think Kemmerer and Massa are, are a step above the rest. I, I think Kemmerer wins it. I think this is this is his year. He had that win over Mark Cole last year. I think he takes it. I don't feel very good about that pick because I think uh, Massa is very good as well. Um, really, I look down here, I see a lot of good guys, but I really like Jackson Turley's chances. I don't think there's a lot of guys that he cannot beat from what he's shown, uh, you know, with his coming out party. Um, really, I, I see, you know, I see him as someone that could really make a run and get on that podium. I think um, just just the makeup of the weight. I think there's really two, two, uh, three guys. I think um, Labriola, uh, Massa, Camera, maybe even throw uh, Caleb Romero in that mix. But I do think. After that, there's a lot of good wrestlers. Um, I wouldn't put anyone else into the great wrestler category. Yeah. So I definitely see Jackson Turley as somebody that can come in and make some noise, maybe upset a six or seven seed somewhere and, and make a big run. You know, and, and that's a great point in terms of the way the weight class is. You're right. And if you look at the top, I'm looking at, you know, most of these names, I know these are all solid wrestlers. But if you ask me a year ago, do you see a lot of All-Americans in this group? And even when you look at the top 10, I would say, no, not really. So obviously the top two, those are two guys you could probably, you know, All-American in about three or four weight classes. And you're right. Once you get down to the, the, the middle of the pack, anybody can sneak in here. So you and I were talking about, you know, if, 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 if uh, Charlie had the opportunity to wrestle against Nebraska, which obviously we didn't get to see, I was really excited to see how he would stand up against Labriola. I thought that would be a huge match to know where Charlie's at. And that's why I said earlier, it's really hard this year to, to really make any, any, any great predictions because you're not seeing anybody wrestling each other. Okay. You're right. I agree with you, Charlie, this is a year where the weight class is thin enough. He's got such power to just throw anybody he could go on a little run and make a move here. So I agree with you. I, I think it's, I like Charlie.
Yeah, a little bit definitely, of noise. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. All right, let's jump over 184, right? We got, I'll go top 10 here because we do got number 10, John Posnanski. He's, he moved up in the rankings without even doing anything. I think some guys, uh, he beat one. Um, number nine is Owen Webster. We know that was a close loss to, to John Paz. Uh, number eight is uh, Lane McKiskey, Michigan State. Um, seven, Dakota Greer, um, Okie State. Six, Parker uh, uh, Kekinson, UNI. He just had that big win over uh, Dakota Greer. Five, Aaron Brooks, Penn State. Uh, four, Lou DePrez, Binghamton. Three, Trent Hidley, NC State. Two, Hunter Boland, Virginia Tech. And one, Miles Amin. Well, there's the there's the kicker right there. Is Miles Mean going to stay at 184 because there's rumblings that he's going to bump up to 197. Mm. So you might not even you might be taking and I yeah you got to feel bad <laughs> for Rutgers at at 197 because the weight class just got tougher. So it's hard for me to make a pick here, John, because I really want to see where Amin goes if he does bump up to 197. So I like Hidley here, the, the North Carolina State. Maybe I'm just caught by the name. Um, but um, at this point, I, I like him over Boland. Aaron Brooks is the one that I think could really make a run here. He's a he was a big recruit for Penn State. And what's funny here, let's take a step back, John. When you think of the dominance of Penn State over the last eight plus years, okay, we haven't mentioned a lot of Penn State names. And even when I mentioned RBY, he's not even the favorite in the weight class, okay? We could potentially see the heck with Penn State, you know, not winning it. They could theoretically, theoretically fall out of the trophy round. They may not have a national champion this year. So mm -hmm. when you think of the Penn State dynasty, it's yeah. really going to take a hit this year. But I think Aaron Brooks is the real deal. I think he's kind of, I won't call him a dark horse because obviously he's a top eight guy, but he's the kind of guy who can go on a run, get all the way to the finals. But it's hard for me because I want to see what Miles Amin does, if he's going to stay at 184 or not. Oh, Webster obviously had the win over Poznanski. Um, I think Paz has an outside shot to All-American here, but again, I got to see him wrestle some more. We obviously know Paz is going to make, you know, multiple runs through his career. A true freshman, very hard to get AA as a true freshman at this weight class. Um, so I like Aaron Brooks to make a run here. I think he's the one dark horse. I think that could, could potentially get into the finals. Yeah, I agree. I think, um, you know, I'd go Miles Amin, number one, Aaron Brooks, you know, number two here. They might end up in the same side of the bracket, though, and meet in the semis. Um, uh, you know, a lot of good guys, Hunter and Hidley are both tough, um, but I, I see them as the top two. Um, we'll see. We'll see what happens with the seating um, if they end up on opposite ends. Um, but that's, you know, that that's my view. I, I think I'm with you. I think John Posnanski has a good shot. Very difficult, even though you see him at number 10 and you say, oh, he's at 10. He just needs to go up two, two places to get on that podium. It is much harder than you think because there's a lot of good guys that you got to beat to get there. And I think he's going to face a lot of good guys um, at nationals and every match is going to be a test. But we'll, um, I'm excited to see, see how he does. He's been wrestling great and I would love to see him get on the podium, maybe become Rutgers first five-time uh, All-American. That would be excellent. Yeah, it would. So going up to 197, we had a, we had a big upset here. Yeah, so 97, we got a new number one. So we'll go, we'll go back here. Uh, number eight, Jay, Jay Aiello from Virginia. Number seven, we have Noah Adams, West Virginia. 
won previous number one, had a 45 match win streak, I think, going into the last, uh, last year. Um, he got upset by number six, uh, Stephen Buchanan at Wyoming. Not in his house, he said, got the takedown at the end, uh, took, took out the number one, uh, Noah Adams. Uh, number five, you got Nino Bonacorsi from Pitt. Uh, number four, you got Isaac Tremble, NC State. Uh, three, you got Cordell Northfleet, Arizona State. Two, you got Jacob Warner, Iowa. And number one, you have Eric Schultz of Nebraska. So, names are not in the top eight, but are both freshmen and both strong wrestlers who can make a run. One of them, you know, you, you got to meet quite well, and that's A.J. Ferrari at Oklahoma State. Another character, so to speak, okay, and I feel five years because he's been so active on social media and just a guy who's really put himself out there, you know, obviously going into a little Twitter battle with, uh, with Gabe. Uh, so, you know, you, you could see Ferrari make a run here. Still a true freshman at 197. It's really tough to go ahead and break that top eight, but he's been on a little bit of a roll. And obviously Michael Beard from Penn State, another Penn State wrestler that I think could theoretically make a run, but two young wrestlers who you're going to hear from over the next four to five years. So I just want to throw those names out. And again, this is a situation is a mean bump up to 197 because I already called this at the beginning of the year. I had this for Eric Schultz from, from Jump, okay? And that was before the big upset happened, the kid from Nebraska. I think this is his weight class right now. But if Amin comes in and, and kind of bumps up to 197, which is some of the rumblings, that could change that perspective a little bit. So I think this is a case where I'm just excited to see how Ferrari and Beard wrestle. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Uh, like you said, I got to six, sit next to Ferrari at the uh, final X. He is a, is a character, if you will. His name is A.A. Ferrari. What a name. Um, I do think uh, Noah Adams is going to be right back in that hunt. I know he dropped down to number seven, took a loss to Stephen Buchanan. Um, Adams, Buchanan, and Ferrari, they're all on, in the Big 12. The Big 12 is pretty tough at this week. I see um, AJ, you know, going in there and maybe ending up on the, the side of Noah Adams. I think Noah Adams gets it done in the Big 12. I think he ends up winning the Big 12, probably a number two or number three seed at Nationals. Um, I do see AJ Ferrari, though, uh, finishing third. I think he's going to end up, um, you know, uh, maybe he'll get like that ninth seed come in in the quarters. I think he does beat Eric Schultz. I think you're going to see a big upset there. I think he has that mentality. He's cocky enough. I think he beats him. I think he wins in the semis. I think it's fate. I think he wins the finals. I think he's going to be there and he runs the table the next four years. If the name is AJ Ferrari. So I just don't think that you can have that name. There's something going on there in the universe to have that name and to look like he does and to act like he does and to wrestle like he does. I think this guy is your first five-time national champion. That's a bold statement, my friend. That's a bold statement, but you know what? He's got the name, he's got the pizzazz, but he better live up to it. Yeah, so I'm, I'm excited to see him go. I think it's going to be a, a, a good show at 97. I do think this weight is very wide open, though. Yeah. You, you get on paper... Yeah, just aside, you, you mentioned a really good point in that seating and why you can make all the picks you want, depending how you get seated and where you kind of fill into the bracket. Certain guys match up well against other guys. And that's why we should probably do this again once the actual brackets get placed in, because I can tell you right now, you and I love to go through those every year and see how things shake out. You see where guys fall in the rankings. 
And if you know there's a guy that, you know, you're going to get in the quarters that you didn't expect, that could change everything. So that's a really good point you bring up. A lot depends on how you get seen in this national tournament. Um, because if, if you end up, you know, taking a tough loss in your conference tournament and you don't get the seed you want, that's why guys bow out at, at, at their conference tournaments to protect their seeds. You get the mm-hmm. wrong seed. You can go from basically having an opportunity to make it a run to not placing altogether. So, you know, it's a solid point there before we go to heavyweight. I, I think that's important to know that how you get seated could really affect how you finish. Exactly. So going into heavyweight, um, talked about it earlier. Ethan Liard uh, jumped way up in the rankings to number nine uh, with his win over now number 10, Jordan Wood. I think he was four or five. Uh, number eight, Luke uh, uh, Luthman, Illinois. Seven, uh, Zach Elam, Missouri. Six, Carter Inslee, UNI. Five, uh, Gannon Gremmel, Iowa State. Four, Matt Stencil, Michigan, uh, Central Michigan. Three big, big snacks, Tony Cassiope, Iowa, two Mason Paris of Michigan, and number one, Gable Stevenson of Minnesota. So, so yeah, this is Gable's show. Um, this is basically like 125. Let's not even debate this. Uh, the question is, does he get the Hodge or does Spencer Lee get the Hodge? Okay. So if, if, if the only reason you don't have Gable win this thing is if he gets hurt between now and March. So this is Gable's to win. It's really, as you said, a race to number two. Okay, before we go there, we forgot to mention Rutgers at, at 197. Um, so your thoughts in terms of Jans are not to go back to, you know, yeah, what's your good. thoughts? What's his opportunity to All-American there? Because I think it's a tough, tough slog for him. I don't think he's quite ready for 197. Um, and in fact, at this point, you just want to see him break in and get into the national tournament. He obviously has the skill set to mm-hmm. do it. I'm curious what you think about um, Rutgers at 197. You know, I'm... Um... I, I think he has a shot. I think, um, you know, it's a little tough. The weight's a little big for him. Like I said at the last, uh, you know, I, I think the way the weight class is, I look up and down that weight class. I don't see a lot of killers. I don't see, um, you know, I don't see guys that I'm like, well, this guy's a Miles Martin or this guy's, uh, you know, I don't see guys that are killers. I mean, he could go anywhere from getting eighth to not qualifying. Um, I think he um, does have, you know, I do like his chances here. I think, um, you know, you get into that tournament and win a bunch of one point matches and uh, get on the podium. That's the path for Billy Janzer. He's not going to hit a big throw. You know, he's going to win these one point conservative matches. So I do think he has a shot, but maybe he needs another year to grow into that weight. I'm excited to see um see what happens there yeah i think it's a combination of growing to the weight and also as you said his style of wrestling okay i'll be repetitive obviously the underhooks getting inside trips and so forth okay it's going to be very tough for him given his height and that weight to go ahead and maul guys he's really got to learn how to get a leg attack i want to see that at 197 but you're absolutely right he you know he can go ahead and win a bunch of matches four three five two and just sneak in there and make a little bit of run He's obviously got the mentality. This kid doesn't back down from anybody. Okay, he took the tough loss, obviously, to cost us the win versus Ohio State. But again, I don't think that has anything to do with mentality. That's just getting used to the weight. So if, if, he, can, if he can get used to it here and he can pull off an upset or two, absolutely, I could see Jansen making it up. So anyway, jumping back to heavyweight, one name we didn't mention the top eight, and that's uh, a freshman, Colton Schultz from Arizona State. 
that's a top recruit, somebody we were looking at at Rutgers. That's the kind of freshman. It's really hard to see a freshman outside of Gable to go ahead and make a run at heavyweight. But that's the one kid I think you can make as a dark horse who can sneak up there and make a little bit of run here. But as you said, this is basically uh, Gable's, Gable's to win. Um, I like Mason Paris to get to the finals. I think that's what you're going to see. I think you're going to see Paris and Stevenson in the finals. I took some crap because I made the comment that Mason wasn't really in Gable's wheelhouse. And it's basically, you know, they're in different universes. I got a little pushback on that. Obviously, Mason Paris is a tough wrestler, but obviously he's, he's, he's not going to win the title this year. So one thing I'm going to say on that is I do, I do agree. I think this year Gable's going to run away with it. I think he's going to win. I think he wins. Uh, the finals pretty handily. I think this is the biggest lock for a final. I don't see um, Cassiope uh, beat in Paris. I think Paris makes the final. I do think within the next, and I'm going to put a, you might call this a bold prediction. I think within the next two or three years, I do think Mason gets Gable. I think, I think he catches him. I think his trajectory is a little bit higher. You look at Gable, Gable was the man in high school. Mason was very good, wasn't quite the man. I think Mason made that jump. He just um, just had a win over Gwiz. Um, you know, so he's more of that world caliber level yeah. now. So I think you're going to see in the next couple of years, I do expect um, Mason Paris to catch Gable. Um, he's just not there yet. I think Gable, um, this is Gable's show uh, to win. Um, and yeah, I think you can pencil this in as a final. Yep. So does Iowa win the team tournament? Um, I think so. I don't think um, I don't think this is even going to be close. I think Iowa's going to. Uh, this they just got too many too many uh, bullets in the barrel, right? Yep. Does Penn State get a trophy? Uh, I think they do. I think Penn State's Penn State. I think you can make the argument on paper that they do not win. You know, they do not get a trophy. But I think the matches aren't wrestled on paper. I think Penn State. Uh, does what Penn State does. They're going to get a good amount of All-Americans. They're going to put a couple in the finals. Um, they're going to get the falls at some point. Um, I, I see them getting a trophy. I'll tell you what, though, we talked about them having wrestlers in the finals. Other than me, I don't think we uh, we, we, we uh, picked a Penn State wrestler to win uh, win, 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 the, win the Natty title this year. Like I said, I, I like RBY, but aside from that, John, we might see a year where Penn State has no national champions. Yeah, I think we might. I think Aaron Brooks, I, I picked him to take second. I wasn't feeling very good about that. I do think that he has a very good shot to, to win this. Um, um, but we'll see. Yeah, we could. We could see a year where Penn State gets shut out in the finals. Long, long time since that happened, right? All right? That'd be 10 years, right? 10 years, I think. Yep. Yep. I'm going to look that up to see see what it is. All right, so other match, big matchup coming 223. We got Kyle Dake. Dake is taking on same night, North and Vincenzo Joseph. What, do you, what are your thoughts on that match? Well, what I'm confused about is Dake taking them both on at the same time because... You know, if that's the case, I think they might have a shot to take him. Um, listen, Dake is all world class. Okay. I like Jason Nolf a lot. I think Jason Nolf, once he gets healthy, you didn't see the real Jason Nolf um, a year or two ago when he was a little banged up. I'm really excited. He had a big win over Oliver earlier this year on the fight work. So Jason Nolf, I think, is a bright future as an international wrestler. He's just not at Kyle Dake's level right now. Kyle Dake, I mean, his only competition right now is JB. Um, I'll make the bold prediction, say JB's going to another, he's going to Tokyo, okay? I just, Dake hasn't beat him yet. I don't see him beating him now. But, you know, obviously he could. 
So I think Dick wins both these pretty easily. I think Nolf's going to give him a tough run. I think he's going to give him a tough first three minutes. And I think Dick will eventually, his defense is going to run away with it. I, I, listen, I like Vincenzo, but he just took a really tough loss to, uh, you know, in, in his last match he had. So I don't see him making much noise in this match. My only question is, is this going to be a tag team? You're going to see, you know, our boy from Penn State, David Taylor, come out of nowhere with a metal chair and hit Vincenzo in the back of the head if it's going to be a tag team. But aside from that, I, I think Cal Day goes 2-0. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that is their only shot is if they're taking him on at the same time. I think um, I think, I think, think he beats uh, Vincenzo fairly easily. I think uh, uh, I, I, I think North... I think North makes it the distance. I think I'll say that, you know, might make it a little close for a little bit, but I think Dick's going to, you know, win this one by seven points. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm Dick all day in that match, but it should be fun taking on them both in the same night. I do think they're wrestling separately, um, but we'll see, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, it was, it was Dave McFadden, I think, that uh, teched um, Vincenzo, I think it was a week or two ago. Yeah. Um, he's now wrestling at the, at the UF, UPenn RTC. So that kid, another Jersey guy who's just, he's catching fire, man. This was a guy who was down the dumps after his last appearance in the Nationals. He's really picked himself back up, and he's looking really strong right now. So, obviously, that's, I'm just throwing that name, David McFadden, out there since we're talking about Vincenzo mm -hmm. Joseph. But that's a guy you want to watch out for in the international scene because, you know, he's looking tough. Yep, you can make a run. All right, let's go to some MMA, big UFC card this weekend. A little heartbreaking. Frankie Edgar got knocked out um, by uh, uh, Sanhagen. Um, they call him the Sandman. I think this guy looked very good. Um, it looks like he's going to get the next shot at the title um, versus Peter Yan and Aljamain Sterling. I, I think that's going to be a good good fight. Um those two, I think, are in a little bit worried after seeing um, his last two knockouts. Um, really feel for Edgar. Edgar's one of my favorites. You know, I looked up to him when I, I'm older, but I still looked up to him when I was getting in MMA. Tried to, you know, do my style um, similar to him with the pressure and just being relentless. So Edgar's somebody that's going to go down, future Hall of Famer, great career. Um, Frankie's loved by everybody always. When you look at who he fought, you know, he always fought somebody ranked number three, ranked number two, title fight. Um, not many people done that. You know, even the, the top top guys, you'll see them take on a top component, then take somebody that's ranked maybe number 11. So big props to Frankie getting in there, still doing it. I don't know. What were your thoughts on the fights, Eric? Well, I think this is Edgar, almost his third knock knockout here, getting knocked out. I think he's had a couple in a row. So... He had a nice statement on Twitter basically saying, you know, he's, he's, he's doing well. He's going to come back. He's going to be strong. You haven't heard the last of me or something to that effect. My question is, that does Edgar call quit soon? Um, you know, does he wrap it up? And I'm not one to tell anyone when to end their career, okay? I think there's a lot of people who tell people you need to bow out. You don't understand what it's like to walk away from your career in anything, let alone in, in, in athletics. And I think it's different with athletics than it is necessarily day-to-day -day jobs. Um, mm -hmm. It's really hard to watch somebody walk away, but you think of a Muhammad Ali, and I'm not trying to put Edgar in the Muhammad Ali category, but you say to yourself, you wished Ali had walked away two or three years before he did. Okay. And I'm not saying that one's correlated to the other, but you know, my standpoint is Frankie's got some young kids. I've, I've seen Edgar at some of the kind of youth tournaments because obviously his son's coming up, you know, you like to see him start, you know, put his time into that. But again, it's not my place to tell Frankie to walk away. 
But there's a part of me that says, John, you've had a wonderful career. You've probably done more than people expected you to do when you first came into MMA. He wasn't that big flashy name that anyone was going to say was going to be kind of a world champion in this sport. He kind of turned a lot of heads, but you ask yourself, is it time to hang it up? So I throw that back up to you. You know, what are your thoughts for Edgar in the future here? Yeah, so I'm going to backtrack a little bit. I know you said coming up. I mean, I remember that BJ Penn fight and the, the word on the street from everybody saying, why is BJ Penn fighting Frankie Edgar? This makes what? no sense. BJ Penn, people don't understand because this is another guy that kind of stuck around too long and took a lot of losses. But at that time, BJ Penn had one of the most dominant three years of anybody. No one was touching him. You know, they thought, why is this even a match? This doesn't even make sense. This is a joke. Frankie was a five to one underdog. Him. Then comes back and beats him a second time. So, you know, big props for the heart of Frankie and, um, you know, definitely was a, a top fighter for all those years. Um, I agree with you. I would like to see Frankie maybe get into these wrestling cards, right? Maybe do something like that. Um, but it, it's hard. I'm, I'm, I'm in the same boat. I can't tell anybody to hang it up. But, you know, he had an amazing career. He did so much to this sport. Um, he got knocked out three out of his last four fights. Um, you know, we'll see, we'll see what he, his decision is. I think, um, you know, I, I'd like to see him get into some of these big wrestling matches, jujitsu cards. I think he'd be a big name in that. Um, that might be good for him, not taking the blows in the head. Um, but we'll see, we'll see what happens with him. Yep. All right. And then, you know, the heavyweights, Alexander Volkov versus Overeem. Um, I knew one of these guys was going down. Uh, Volkov knocks out the Reem. Um, I think he's looking good to get in, a, in that title picture. Uh, Steve Miocic uh, goes against Francis Ngannou. Uh, we'll see who wins that fight. He could get the winner there. Um, you know, I think Volkov is big, long, causes a lot of problems for these guys. And, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see if he, he ends up taking on uh, Steve or Ngannou. So to pivot before we close out, do we even want to go to Mr. Funkmaster on what he's doing with his little boxing match coming up, or do we even want to touch that? What's that? I said, do we want to even get oh, into the... Uh, oh, um, big uh, Ben Askren, huh? Ben Askren taking on Jake Paul. You know, um, it is what it is. I, I, I see that as, you know, we're just saying, you get out of this career, go into another career, he said, you know, what Ben Askren says is, well, I get to compete and you're going to pay me a lot of money for it. So good for him, I say, right? Yeah, yeah. So I think Askren would wrestle a gorilla if he got paid for it and he got a, a form to do it. So yeah. listen, Ben's always about, you know, promoting the sport, as he says. But what's my only fear here, John, and I'll close out with this is, um, but people don't, people forget how dominant Ben Askren was. Okay. At Missouri, when he, even when he got into MMA, okay. Obviously was in Belter and didn't quite get to UFC until the very end of his career. Okay. If you look at Ben Askren, when he was in top shape, he always jokes about having a dad bod. Okay. Of being Mr. Funk, who's not really kind of a strength guy. You see the flow special when he got into Missouri and he couldn't even lift 135. Okay. This is a guy who's a lot stronger than people gave him credit for. A badass grip, okay? He, he gets, he latches onto you. You do not get away. And my fear is when you think of Ben Askren, you know, years ago, I just hope he doesn't take his reputation by doing some of the stuff he's doing right now because this guy was a killer back in the day. But again, he's his own man. I'm not telling anybody what to do. I love mm -hmm. the work he does that flow. I think he's a... Yeah. 
Yeah, he has to win this fight, man. Um, his club out in Wisconsin, so. Yeah, he has to win this fight. I mean, I think if he loses Jake Paul, that's going to be bad. Um, You know, the UFC, he took that bad loss against George uh, Masvidal, but Masvidal's a killer, man. Anyone can get hit with that flying knee. You know, really unfortunate that he got to the UFC at the time he did. Um, He would have been right in that mix for a title shot. You know, if he got in, you know, four or five years ago, um, he was was dominating everybody. I think he had some... Uh, you know, ha- has some skills that just pose problems for people. So I'm just hoping he wins. I mean, I think if he wins, it is what it is. Uh, if he loses, it's going to be tough because Jake Paul, he- he's not a good boxer, but he's not the worst boxer on the planet. You know what I mean? And anytime he can throw punches, I mean, something can happen. He can get knocked out. I'm hoping Ben can win. I'm a big fan. Um, let's go, Ben. Get it done. I hear that music going. We're out of here. See you guys next time. Follow us on uh, follow us on uh, uh, YouTube, uh, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Break down at the barn. Catch you later.